A science story, huh? These NYU scientists, they felt right. And I just thought, well, it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hi everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. We have shows coming up in New York City, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Boston, and London. Go to storycollider.org for more info. This week's story is from Adam Becker. It was recorded in February 2015 at Littlefield in Brooklyn. So it turns out that graduate school in astrophysics can really mess with your head. One of the ways that it messes with your head, aside from the intentional messing with your head of dumping knowledge into it, uh, is, is you can develop this thing called imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is, is when you think that everybody else belongs where you are because they're clearly talented and intelligent and you don't. You're some sort of faker. You slipped in while no one was looking and fooled people into thinking that you belong there. Uh, because, I mean, after all, look at everybody else there. Everybody else is super smart and super accomplished. They've done these amazing things. Every time they open their mouths, they sound really, really smart. And you, I mean, look at you. You don't belong. <laughs> and I definitely felt that I'd not belong because I walked into graduate school with this problem that was unheard of ever before in the history of humanity. It was actually the first documented case of something called procrastination. Uh, and it's this, it's this unfamiliar, I know it's unfamiliar to most of you, it, uh, it turns out that when you're a procrastinator like me, and I don't wish it on any of you, uh, when this happens, uh, what that means is if you have, say, entirely hypothetically about five and a half hours left until you have to turn a paper in, then you decide that that is the time that you really, really need to become a world-class expert in why there's that funny bump in the US-Canadian border right above Minnesota. Because it's flat otherwise. So why is that there? That's, it's weird, and you have to find out right now it's really important, so you Google the crap out of it and you become an expert. And then you have to turn in the paper and all of a sudden, magically, it's three hours later. So I knew I didn't belong because I had this entirely unique syndrome. And, uh, and what made it worse, strangely, was that I had this incredibly excellent PhD advisor named Dragan Hutterer. And Dragan is, he's a really nice guy. He's a very personable and approachable guy. He's not your stereotype of a professor of astrophysics. He wants to help his graduate students. He works closely with them. Uh, and somehow that made it worse. Because Dragan is this really cool guy who's really smart and knows all this stuff. And I, I, who am I? You know, I'm not going to be like that. That's not who I am. How did I get here? And so Dragan was organizing this conference. He was organizing a conference uh, that was actually on the subject that I was writing my thesis on, which is about how stuff was arranged a fraction of a second after the Big Bang. It was... Uh, this fancy-sounding name, Primordial Non-Gaussianity. And uh, so he invited all of these big names, and he figured, okay, a third of them are going to show up, and they all said yes. And so all of a sudden, he had this big problem. He had to 
organize this massive conference, but he got it together because he's Dragon and that's how he rolls. And uh, yeah, he gets it done. And so we were hanging out in his office, me and him and a few of the other people who work with him. And uh, we were talking about the conference because it's Wednesday and the conference starts Friday morning. So we're talking about the conference and he mentions that there are gonna be these filmmakers, there are film crew there recording. Um, and uh, so someone asks what that's about, and, and Dragon says, well, Dragon says, well, you know, I, I don't know who they are. They, uh, they say they have some sort of documentary they're doing on cosmology, and uh, you know, there is no such thing as uh, bad publicity, so we have them come. <laughs> And, uh, and so we start joking around. We say, oh, yeah, it's going to be Ken Burns. He says, yeah, no, I do not think it is Ken Burns. <laughs> uh, but they are not physicists. And I know this because I was talking with them last night. And surprisingly, even though they are not physicists, one of the filmmakers, he got really interested in this you know, work we were doing on the, uh, on the anisotropy and the cosmic microwave background radiation, and my blood runs cold. And the reason my blood runs cold when he says anisotropy and the cosmic microwave background radiation, <laughs> which I understand might take a little explaining, uh, the, uh, anisotropy and the cosmic microwave background radiation is just a fancy way of saying tiny differences in the oldest light of the universe, uh, echoes of the Big Bang. And it wasn't what I was working on directly, but it was what the other graduate student, Cameron, was working on. Cameron's a cool guy, and he had told me that there were these crazy internet people, I think that was his exact phrase, who liked using this research to prove, quote, something totally nuts. <laughs> and so Dragan was explaining how this non-physicist was really excited about something called the anisotropy and the cosmic microwave background radiation, and I got really worried, and I said, you know, Dragan, you should maybe find out who they are because there are some crazy people out there who use this for proving something I, I don't know what. And he, he got this thoughtful look on his face and Cameron walked in and he checked with Cameron and Cameron said, yeah, I don't know what it is, but they are out there. And he leaned over to me, he said, you know, you might be right. <laughs> Come see me in my office in a minute. So I, I go find him in his office. And he, he's got this pained expression, he's, he's doing this. And I say, okay, what's up? And he said, well, you'll, you'll have a look at this. And he turns his computer around and there's a website on the screen and the website says, and this is a direct quote, Galileo was wrong, the Catholic Church was right. And the website address was Galileo was wrong dot blogspot dot com. <laughs> I, I can't honestly recommend that you go there. Uh, and so I, I take a look at this and I say, so they, what, they think that the sun goes around the earth? They're geocentrists? And Dragan says, yeah, well, I don't know if this is them. One of them has the same name, but I'm really not sure... I'm not sure, and I don't want to falsely accuse them of being entirely insane. <laughs> I, I, but it, can, you, can you help me? Can you Google these people? 
and I realize that this is the moment that I have inadvertently been training for my entire life. <laughs> and so I look at Dragan and I say, tell me everything you know about these people. And he does. And, he, and half an hour later, after frantic Googling, I find a very interesting tax form filed by these people, because he's got one of their names and the name of their motion picture company and phone number, it all matches. But it has another name on it, and the other name is very unusual. It's a guy named, uh, and, and I can't believe I'm about to give him publicity, Robert Sungenis. And I Googled him, there's only one. And uh, it turns out that he is a prominent supporter of this website, Galileo was wrong, the Catholic Church is right. And the Catholic Church actually had disowned him a few years previously. They said, well, you know, you can't really call yourself Catholic and keep saying these things that you're saying about Galileo and the sun going around the earth. It's kind of ridiculous. And also you can't keep saying that the Holocaust never happened. Yeah, so... In other words, these people are real winners. And they're going to be here in 36 hours at our invitation. And Dragan starts freaking out. And I start freaking out. And he says, what are we going to do? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. And he says, oh, okay, 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 okay. Calm down. We are going to go to the chair of the department, someone older and wiser than us. And you can see the fear in his face. And that's when I remember that Dragan is actually up for tenure, which uh, it means that he really needs this to not get fucked up. So, uh, so we, we go over to the chair's office and he's not there, but we look out the window and we see him walking across campus. And so Dragan looks at me and he says, should we run? And I said, yeah, we should run. So we're chasing down the chair of the physics department of the University of Michigan. And uh, we catch up with him and we explain the situation as best we can. And he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, well, hold on. Have they got the permit yet to film on campus? And Dragan says, you know, I don't know. The permit, the film office said that they were going to send it today, so maybe. And the chair said, okay, his name's Brad. Brad said, okay, well, first of all, stop that if you can. And second, write to them and blame me. Tell them that, you know, it's my fault. I won't let them come. And don't mention that you know that they're geocentrists because they're just going to want to get into it with you the same way that like creationists do with evolutionary biologists. And it's, it's just, you don't want to do that because you're right and they're wrong, but they're going to edit the film to make it look like, you know, you're stupid. <laughs> so we said, okay. And we went back to Dragan's office and then Dragan looked at me and he said, I, I would like you to be here for this call to the film office. They're probably not there, but please stick around. And I said, okay. And so he puts it on speakerphone. He calls the film office and it rings a few times, but it's 5 p.m. We're pretty sure we're just going to leave a message. And then someone picks up and Dragan says, hello, this is Professor Dragan Hutter. I am calling about that film. And before he can finish the sentence, the person on the other end says, oh, Professor Hutter, I'm so sorry. 
I, I meant to get it out earlier today, but I had a personal emergency. I'm just finishing it up right now. I was about to hit send, and Dragon says, no, 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 no. And she says, no, 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 it's really no problem at all. It's no trouble. And I jump in and I say, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. They, 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 they think that the sun goes around the earth. And Dragon says, oh, this is Adam Becker. He is my graduate student. <laughs> and there's a pause, and she says, wait, can you repeat that, Adam? And I said, they think that the sun goes around the earth? They're geocentrists? And she says, okay, so you don't want me to send this permit. <laughs> and I said, yes, that's correct. We do not want them to be here. And she said, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Okay, um, I will handle it. I will send them a denial letter. And we said, great, thank you. And we got off the phone. Dragon looks relieved. And I say, Dragon... We have to call the geocentrists now, which was not a sentence that I really thought I was ever going to say, <laughs> ever. Anyway, and he said, yeah, I know, I know. So we call them, and they're very nice on the phone. It turns out that idiots can be nice people. So, it, yeah, we, we call them, and Dragan explains that the chair of the department has said that they don't want them to come. And they say, oh, that's such a shame. We're so sorry. We just bought the plane tickets. Isn't there anything you can do? And Dragon says, oh, you know, the chair's word is law around here. I can't do much. And they said, oh, well, you know, okay, maybe we can't film on campus, but we have a signed release form from you. Can we, can we come up there and film you anyway? And Dragon, the thing that you have to know about Dragon is he's a really nice guy. Like I said, he's a little too nice, and I heard the person on the phone sound, you know, very reasonable, and I looked at Dragan's face, and he said, ah, and I start, scribbling, I start scribbling something on a piece of paper, and I pass it over to him real quickly, and he picks it up, and, and he says, I am so sorry. There is nothing that I can do. You will have to take this up with the chair of the department. Thank you and have a nice day. <laughs> Ends the call. <laughs> and so then Dragan sits back in his chair and takes a deep breath and he looks at me and he says, today you are my lawyer. <laughs> And the thing is, he was right. <laughs> Today, I had worked with him. I'd worked with him. We were equals. I helped him. He came to me for help. I told him what to do, and it was a good idea. And I sounded, I sounded smart. I sounded informed. I sounded like I belonged working there with Dragan. And I felt good. It felt really good. And I decided I wanted to keep feeling that way. And there was no reason that I could think of in that moment that I shouldn't. And, uh, and so I did. And then a few years later, after I'd finished up and I was off working at a job, and uh, this was actually only a few months ago, there were these news reports that came out. You may have seen them about a trailer that was released by a group of crazy, crazy geocentrists for a movie they had coming out, which I just found out is apparently in limited very limited release in uh, Los Angeles, I guess, uh, anyway. Um, 
and they had gotten some very prominent physicists to be in the trailer for this movie about geocentrism, one of whom was actually someone that Dragan had once worked for. And so, you know, we exchanged a few emails and I was talking with some friends at work and this came up and I started telling them the story that I just told you. And halfway through, my boss, Jonathan, walks in the room and at the end of the story, I turn to him, you know, thinking I'm going to have to explain the part of the story he missed. And before I can say anything, he says, you know, I've heard that story before. And I said, what, about the geocentrist? He said, no, no, not about the movie, about you and the geocentrist. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, you don't know this, but that story is part of how you got this job. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, when you applied for this job, you listed Dragan as one of your references. So I called him up and we were having a very nice conversation and I said, can you tell me what it's like to work with Adam? And he said, let me tell you a story <laughs> about these filmmakers. <laughs> and uh, it was a hell of a character reference. <laughs> Thank you. That was Adam Becker. Adam is a cosmologist, a journalist, a programmer, and a science publishing troublemaker. He hails from a tiny town in northern New Jersey, and he has a PhD in physics from the University of Michigan. He strongly believes that scientific research should be open, that the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics is nonsense, and that David Tennant was the best doctor. He lives in Oakland, California with his fiancée, who is a writer, and their pet rabbit, Copernicus, who is not. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have archives of the podcast and upcoming events. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Weck, Darren Barker, and Ari Daniel. The podcast is produced by Rose Evelith. Additional love from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Littlefield for hosting the show, and to every film crew I've ever worked with for not doing that. Thanks for listening. Transport yourself back in time and explore the fascinating and harrowing story of the Titanic's maiden voyage. Now open at COSI. Don't miss Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition. This epic exhibit features over 200 authentic artifacts recovered from the ocean floor. Discover poignant passenger and crew accounts and majestic recreated interiors, including the iconic Titanic Grand Staircase. Tickets for Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition are on sale now. Book your voyage at COSI.org.